0: listening to the Thornapple Valley Church podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our hope is for you to be encouraged and to connect with God during this message. If you'd like to know more about Thornapple Valley Church, visit tbcweb.com Oh well, good morning everybody. Good to see you all. So good to see you all. everybody joining us online. blessings on you. you know I just'm just, just going to say this is kind of parenthetical I'm not starting my talk quite yet because I want to say this to you. I feel, I think what a lot of people feel is I feel kind of an ongoing heaviness in life. It's just sometimes so frustrating in the, the weirdness of the season that we're in. And sometimes it can feel a little overwhelming. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like even people that aren't lifting their hands, I think, know what I'm talking about. And it can kind of just weigh heavy on you. So, I was very moved by this because I was in my office this morning. And I got here... Uh, before daylight, and and my office faces kind of easterly. And so I was, I was at my desk and I was thinking about some things and just feeling that heaviness. And out of the corner of my eye, it was like there was this brightness there. And I looked over, and over Podunk Lake area, if you don't know that's what it's called, we are in Podunk Holler, in case you didn't know that. But over Podunk Lake area, I saw just a little glimpse of pink come up. I don't know if any of you saw the sunset this morning, sunrise this morning. But as it started up, I said, i got to get a picture of this and send it to Ann. And so I took a picture, and I went, that was so beautiful. And then I kind of went back to my thoughts. And then out of the corner of my eye again, it got brighter. And I looked back over, and it was as if the sky was lit by fire. And in that moment, I felt like I heard God speak to me. And he said, son, if I can do this, I can take care of anything you're facing. And I just want to say to you, because I think sometimes we need to be reminded how big God is and how small the stuff we're facing really is in light of who he is. I mean, when he can paint the sky like he did this morning, when he can do what he does in so many ways, we can rest in the Father's arms. Amen? Anybody? And I don't want you to miss that. I want you to hear that. That was like a word from the Lord to me, and typically those things happen, I don't share them, but I felt like in this service at this time, I just needed to say that to you. Just remember, God has got this. You will be okay. You will be, all right. All right, so we're in week five of this six-week series around the idea of higher callings. And just for a couple moments, I wanna kind of just recap where we've been because I think this is an incredibly important message. I, I really do. I think that many of us can can really potentially fall prey to becoming uh, people who get caught in what I call life in the loop where it's just you're busy, crazy, busy, crazy, busy, and then you escape and you do something that brings pleasure and then you're back to it. And in some regards, if we're not careful, we end up kind of selling out to pleasure. Even though we're not intending to, we just lose living a life of significance. So you have a higher calling, and I've said it this way, you have higher callings in your life, not just to get by, not just to make enough money to get the stuff you want, to, you know, to do these things. There's, God has a plan. He has destiny in your life, but let's be clear on this. You do have a choice. Would you agree with that? You don't, you don't have to follow God's plan. You don't. You can say no, and it's been that way from the very beginning. God has not made us robots. He gives us the option of choosing which way we'll go. I love how... God speaks through Moses in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament where in chapter 30, verse 19, he says, This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you. And it sounds kind of like almost I'm angry, but he's saying, here, let everything know this is the way it works. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. In other words, it's all there. And then he says, now, what's the next word? Choose. Choose. Now, you choose. He's recommending you choose life, but he's saying in the end, you choose. Not he is going to make that choice. You make that choice. So just know this. You were meant for more than an endless cycle of searching for the next pleasurable thing, whether it's a video game or a movie or food or or something that makes you feel good. You have a higher calling, and you can say no to that, or you can say yes to it. And you, I mean, you may never become famous and be on TV, but you can make a difference in your world, and you're called to that. And so as we've been talking about the really for all of us, this is universal for all followers of Jesus. The highest calling on your life is first to love God, first to love God with everything in you. And then secondly, and Jesus puts it up right beside it, is to love people as you love yourself. Those things I've said it, I'm just gonna say it again. I don't care how much money you make, I don't care how successful everybody around you thinks you are, if you don't love the people around you, and if you don't love God passionately, you are not a success. Are we clear on that? You can, you can. Everybody can say you are, but you are not a success if you don't love God and love people. That is the highest calling on your life. And of course, I know some people may be saying, you know, I'm not even sure I believe in God, and you're saying that's got to be my highest calling. And this is a no judgment zone. I want you to know that. You watch it online. You don't. We're not saying you have to believe in God, but for those of us who have encountered Him, it's changed everything in us. And we know that our lives are about more than just the, the endless pursuit of pleasure. There's something for us to make a difference in the world. It gives our lives meaning to know God. So then last week we talked about the importance, and if you weren't here, I encourage you to hear these recent talks in this series because I think it's just that important. Well, we talked about the importance of being self-aware, of knowing how God uh, built us personality-wise, passion-wise, because those things affect how you live, how you work, how you serve, how you engage the world, and all the pieces of your life, whatever's happened in your life, all the things that are in you, like hardwiring kind of stuff, and all your experience, God uses all those things. Even the dark things that have happened in your life, God didn't necessarily institute them, in other words, he didn't make them happen to you, but he will take those things and use them in your life for your higher calling. This is what scripture says in Romans 8, 28. Sometimes we just say, I just want out of this. Never forget that whatever God is doing, he's always working in your life. This is what it says. We know that in how many things? All. All, All things, that God works for the good. In other words, he's bringing it together for those who love him and who have been, and this is a key word here, who have been, again, called. Called according to his purpose. Everything about you, this package that you call you, which is your experience, your hard wiring, your gifts, everything about you, all that, God wants to take that. He wants to use that. He has wired you and he'll use everything specifically for his purpose. Again, if you will let him. Now, often we can't see the bigger picture. We don't even know why certain things are happening. I mean, I'm sure you've had this heaven, like, what, what, what? You know, you don't even know what's going on. And later on, you see. You look back, you know, hindsight's always great, right? 2020, it's like we can see stuff. But in the midst of it, you don't always know why it's happening. But what you can know if you're a follower of Jesus is that he is taking everything in your life. Everything. The darkest moments, the most difficult situations, and he is working them together for good. He is creating something. He has a plan and a higher calling for your life. Some of you You may know the story if you've got any biblical background, the Old Testament story of Esther. It's kind of a fascinating story. She's just another young Jewish woman in a community where they're they're like exiles. The Jews are exiles there. And and she's just another one of the young Jewish women in the community. and, And she's just, you know, a common person. And suddenly, it's like almost overnight, she goes from being a common, just another young lady in the community to the queen of the land. Talk about a meteoric rise in status. Can you imagine her head must have been spinning? Gals, can you imagine if you just went from being who you are right now and suddenly you are like first lady, you know, queen of the land, whatever it is, you're just like at the top of the thing and be like, I'm sure she was like, Why did this even happen to me? What what is going on here? This is, I mean, it might have been amazing, but she had no idea what was going on. And of course, those are the exact same things that we say. When good things happen to us, sometimes we're like, why why is it going so well? Usually my life sucks, you know, or we'll say whatever. You know, why is it happening? Why is this bad thing happening to me? We often do that. We look at things and go, why is this going on? And again, I would just say, followers of Jesus can understand that whatever it is, you may not understand it now, but God sees what you don't and he is using everything for your good that's happening in your life. So back to Esther. So she becomes queen now, so it's an incredible thing. But things are changing in the kingdom. And it's becoming increasingly difficult for the Jews. In fact, it becomes a time, a season of severe persecution for the Jews. In fact, I would not say that it's an understatement to say that it was approaching the level of genocide. The Jews were about to be wiped out of the entire kingdom. And she's a young Jewish woman that apparently the king doesn't even know is a Jew. And and, and so she's in this position. So she has an uncle named Mordecai. He's one of the leaders of the Jews. And Mordecai gets a message to Esther. And this is my paraphrase. But basically he says to her, uh, (laughs) you know, things are not good. And you're in a position to maybe make some influence, so, so you need to be thinking about this and doing something. And that seems like, would, would you say that's a reasonable request, you know, from the uncle like, hey, we're, we're going to die out here if you don't step in. And, and it sounds reasonable, but so does her response, which is basically, well, it's not that simple. <laughs> because in that culture, at that time, if you approach the king, whether you are a queen or whether you are just a person on the street, it does not matter. If you approach the king, and you try to manipulate him in some way, try to change his thinking or get him to do something, and you displease him in any way. See, back then, life was not as precious as we might view it today. People just, lives were taken easily, and you could be killed. So she sends a message back to Mordecai and says, "Um, well, okay, you know, I hear what you're asking, but you need to understand, this could cost me not just my status as queen, but I could be killed, literally. I could be killed. I could lose my life over this. And I think Mordecai heard her, and I think he empathized with her pain, but then he responds with a statement that I think would be great for all of us to carry around on the inside of us. It's so powerful. I think even though he resonated with this as a struggle, he went on and he made this statement, and this is worth writing down if you're not familiar with this and thinking about it. He says to her, he says, who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. You may think this was just an amazing experience that you're having, and it's wonderful. It's like, I don't know why I got to be queen, but oh, it's wonderful. Maybe Disney will make a movie of my life or whatever. But who knows, but what God has orchestrated to place you right here, right now, for such a time as this. Folks, I think this would do us well to keep this buried down on the inside of us. And on a fairly regular basis, ask ourselves when we're in the midst of something frustrating, when we're angry about things not going our way, is it possible, God, that you're up to something that I can't see and you're bringing me to such a time as this? Is there something you want from me? Is there something that you are looking for? Are we even asking those kinds of questions? I'll be perfectly honest with you. Sometimes I think, and I don't mean this harshly, but I think this is certainly true of me. I think we don't think big enough. I think we don't think big enough. I know it's true of me. But we're going through our day and something happens and it gets in our way and we're like, like when you're driving. and you, I can't even say it without feeling swear words start to rise up on the inside of me and hand signals, and everything else that comes with driving. And some person, you know, is 114, shouldn't be driving, is you barely see over the steering wheel, and they're going at 20 miles an hour on a twisty, turning road that you can't pass, and you just are thinking, I want to just drive them into the ditch. Gently, lovingly. Come on, anybody know what I'm talking about? Or you're standing in line and you go, Why did I get the checkout person that is so slow? Every movement seems to be a pain to them. Why is we have this thing happening? Or maybe you're in a situation where you've tried to figure this out, you've tried to make it better, you've tried, to, you've done everything you know to do, but it's not getting resolved, and you're angry and you're frustrated, and you just wish it would go away. Has it ever occurred to you? And it often doesn't to me, but it should. What might God be up to? Could it be, and I'm not saying this is every single time, but it could it be that when you're saying, what are you up to here, God? Maybe his response would be, I have you here in this moment, in this place for such a time as this. Maybe your inconvenience was because there is a person that you don't even know that well that is at the edge of taking their own life and they just need a conversation with someone to say, you know, God's still God and he loves you and he's there for you. And maybe if you'd have rushed through, you never would have had that. But the inconvenience that you rage against is God using something to bring you to a place because he wants you to be a voice to make a difference in the life of someone else. I think sometimes we don't think big enough. And I think we miss so many opportunities. I think we miss so many things that could happen. I think we need to be reminded, and I consider this part of my job. And trust me, I'm not standing up on a platform talking down to anybody. I just think we, re- we need to be reminded, and I need to be reminded this is not all about you. Four people said amen, and the rest of you were like, yeah, and up yours too, you know. I know how you're thinking, I understand that, but it's not all about you, it's not all about you. I love how Paul writes, it's so beautiful, Romans chapter 14, he says, if we live, we live for what? For the Lord. He says, if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. In other words, this is not just about how it's going for you and yours. This is about, you are a bit player in a massive production production. We don't like to hear that. We want to be the star. But you are not the star. He is the star. Amen? Anybody? He is the one. And so our lives, we're called to see ourselves not as a central theme of everything around us. We're called to be people that are always looking and okay, what are you up to? Where, wh- where might you be at work? What might you be doing, God? Because I don't want to miss what you are doing and I think, I think if we're thinking about that, we're not always just pushing for the next fun thing. We're going, where are you at work? And if there's an opportunity for me to serve, I want to engage there. You're just thinking that way. I'll give you a simple example of this because it ties into something we're doing. You know that these days, there's a desperate need for blood to be donated. And it's not because, you know, a huge need through the virus, but because of the virus, people aren't going out and giving blood. So people who are thinking this way, they're going, well, if there's an opportunity in front of me, whether it's convenient or not, I want to do what's right. And it just so happens, there's an opportunity in front of you. <laughs> on November 11th, at all three of our campuses, we will be doing a blood drive, and Middleville and Delton and Hastings here, all of them, and you can give blood. Now, we'll give you more information about this as time, time goes on. This is coming in, in just a little while, on November 11th, but I would love to have you thinking about that, because, folks, we're not meant to just live for ourselves, This is the kind of thing that we can't... Not everybody can do it. Not everybody will be able to, but so many of us can. And I think we should just consider this kind of stuff. We're not just to live for ourselves. See, God gives you this amazing and remarkable, unique hardwiring called you. And then the experiences that shape and mold you. And that means you're set up by God to see and do specific things that other people might not see and do. You are beautifully and uniquely made by God to be you. And what that means is then you'll see sometimes things that someone else doesn't see. And so your voice in the mix changes it. I was thinking about this because I thought it reminded me of an illustration that an author named Stephen Covey uh, used in a book. It's a lot of years old now, but Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It was a massively popular book. And in it, he had a picture. And when you look at the picture, and we'll just put it on the screen for you to look at. When you, some of you have seen this, I've used this before, but I, it's just such a great thing. When you look at this picture, some people are going to see a pretty young woman looking away. She's got her head over her shoulder looking away. Whereas others are going to see a not as pretty old woman looking down. And it's interesting because the first time you see it, you're going to see one or the other. And until somebody points out the other one, and sometimes they have to actually say, it's right, you know, you see this, or you see that. They, it's like they just can't see it. And when they finally do see it, you're like, what is wrong with me that I could not see that? It's because you're built to see certain things that other people don't see and they see things that you don't see. That's how it works. Very simple thing. You have a view that often, other, and unless your voice comes into the mix, unless you use the gift that God's given you, the sight that God's given you, something is lost there. So knowing how you're wired is important. But it's not just your personality and your passion and that you love God and you love people. There's another aspect, and I want to talk about that today. It's also about how you are gifted. So every person listening to this, you're watching online, you're sitting here in the Hastings campus, whatever, Every person, every one of us, we are gifted. You are gifted in some way. And and those gifts are incredibly important. You all have them. I like how Paul at one point writes, he's actually talking about marriage and being single, and he's a single guy, and talking about sometimes the the, the struggle that being married can be. And he makes a statement, he says, because we think this way about people often. He says, I wish that all of you were as I am. In other words, I think I'm doing the right thing, and I wish you guys were doing this too. But here's what's fascinating. He says, but each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift, another has that. In other words, everybody. He doesn't say some of you have your own gift from God. He says each of you, every one of us, has a gift from God. And probably more likely we have gifts in the plural. So let's just talk about a little bit about what it means to be gifted. In its simplest form, just so you understand what a gift is, a gift is simply you have a special ability to do something exceptionally well. It's it's like it's native to you. Now, it can be all kinds of things, but it's a special ability that you have to do something exceptionally well. It's just easy, and, and you're good at it in ways that others generally aren't, and there's something in you. It just, it's like that thing comes easier to you. It's almost like natural. Now, just so we're clear, what I'm not talking about is you do a lot of hard work, and that means you're gifted at something. I have learned in my life that if you work hard enough, even if you have no gift, you can do pretty well with almost anything there is. But the difference between hard work and gifting is gifting is where it comes almost naturally to you. Now what's beautiful, and this is an amazing thing, is when you take someone who acknowledges I have this gift and then they work exceptionally hard on their gift, those people go off the charts. Great illustration of one would be Michael Jordan, right? Here's a guy who had incredible athletic ability. And then to that ability, he added, if you know anything about, uh, about Michael Jordan, he had an enormous, huge work ethic. And he just practiced and practiced and knocked himself out. And he became just, many people would say, one of the greatest basketball players ever in the history of basketball. And what was cool about that was is that he started with a gift and then he added work to it. But if he had just worked hard at it and not had the gift, he have never been who he became. The gift is something special that is in you. And often it's multiple gifts that happen in a person's life. So let me just stop and ask here. What would you say your gift is or your gifts are? Don't answer out loud. I'm just looking for you to think. you watching online. What do you think? What do you think? What, what do you think your gift is? What do you think that thing, that thing in you, it comes naturally, it's specialist. You know, I know a lot of people, as soon as I start talking about it, they're, they're just like, I, I, don't, I don't see anything, man. I, I don't think I have a gift. You do, you do. We're going to get there. We'll talk about this real quickly. But, but some people may disagree. But I, 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 think, I think you are gifted, and there are so many different ways you can be gifted. Now, the Bible actually talks about a number of different kinds of gifts that we can have. But I don't think the Bible is exclusive in that the only things that can be gifts are the things mentioned in Scripture. I don't see that in Scripture. It says it's limited to that. I think you can be gifted in a thousand different ways, ten thousand different ways. The question is, do you know that? Now, we're going to look today just at one particular place in Scripture where it talks about gifts and and the callings, really, in in a way, because the gift goes as a part of your calling from God, and we'll look at some others next week, but... But even if you think you, let me just say this. Some of you are, uh, through this whole series, you've struggled with this because you're like, look, I'm 75, Jeff. I mean, I don't need to worry about this. I'm, I'm not, I don't care how old you are. Whatever days you have left, you should do them exceptionally well. Amen? You should give your everything to that, and you should use what God has given you and designed you to do. And the truth is, maybe you knew what your gifts are, but that may have changed. Maybe you knew what your passions, your personality was. That may have changed. You know, I'm thinking about this myself because I've got some significant changes happening in the, in the near future of my life, and I'm going, I need to be rethinking again. Who am I? What did God build me to be? So that I am living fully for such a time as this. To do God's will. So you need to be thinking that way. So let's just look at some of these gifts that are listed. This is just one place. This is Romans chapter 12 and verses 3 through 8. It says, we have different gifts, and they're according to the grace given to each of us. So God gives us grace, and he gives gifts within that grace. And so he says, if your gift is prophesying, in other words, having an inspired message from God, God gives you a message, you share it. He says, then you prophesy in accordance with your faith. If your gift is serving, then what? Then serve. Serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. All these different things. Now, remember, as we look at these, ver- uh, this, these verses here and we look at these different things that are listed, serving and teaching and, and encouraging, I want to remind you that we're ca- all called to do all these things. You're called to give mercy whether you have a gift or not. The key is not, are you doing these things? You should be doing these things. The key is... In which of them might you be gifted? Where it comes naturally to you. Like some people like say, a gift of serv- there's a gift of serving? There actually is. There are people who they see things that other people just don't see. You've been around them. It's like they catch and pick up and take care of things that other people just ignore and don't notice. And they don't even, they're not even fully thinking about it. They're just going, oh, this needs to be taken care of. And they're going over here and they're doing this. And they're, they're serving. So again, let me just come back and ask this question. It's real simple. What is your gift or gifts? You have some special ability and multiple ones, in my opinion, that you do exceptionally well. And there are other places in Scripture where the, uh, that talks about gifts, and we'll talk about some next week as we close the series. But just let me remind you, these are gifts. They're gifts. And again, I know some of you are going, I just wish I knew what my gifts were. Well, let's talk about that for a minute. First of all, let's just establish, you are gifted. And here's, I want to say this as kindly as I know how. Here's one of the most tragic things in the world. People who have been given gifts that don't even know they have them because they haven't looked for them. So, some people say, well, well I just, okay, I need to know, well, how, do, how do I, tell me, they get all worked up, they, they get all upset about, how do I know what my gifts are? Let me just give you some thoughts on this. We'll just talk it through real quickly first thing is, just don't overcomplicate it, all right? I don't think God wants you to jump through a thousand hoops to figure out what your gifts are. The truth is, you don't have to get frustrated. You just need to pay attention. This goes back to what I talked about last week. It's about being self-aware. What do you do well? What is it that you do that you go, man, when I, when I walk into this, it's like it feels natural. Don't get worked up. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't get upset. Just relax but pay attention. Whatever it is you find easy or you default to or whatever that is, just pay attention to that. And then, then, then my next thought on this, really, this is so helpful in this, and that is not only don't, don't overcomplicate, it, just pay attention, but secondly, look at and listen to what others are seeing. And what they're saying to you, I cannot tell you how valuable this is. Because again, sometimes when you look at yourself, what you see is like, it, it, it doesn't even make sense to you. You don't you don't understand. I don't know what my gifts are. But other people sometimes will look at you and they'll go, you know what I see in you? And there's profound impact there. Pay attention to what others are saying to you about what you do well. You know, I've shared this before, but years ago when I was just, uh, I was probably like, like 13 or 14 or 12 something I don't know somewhere in there preteen to early teen and i'd been thinking about this whole idea of gifting because it was fascinating to me and i was troubled by it because i had two brothers my older brother rick who was an incredible artist i mean rick could draw pictures And you'd just go, my gosh, you're going to be a millionaire from your artwork. It was just, he was just amazing. And he saw stuff that from angles that other people wouldn't see. It was that artist in him. It was a very strong gift. And then I looked at my younger brother, Dave, and Dave was incredibly smart. Just always has been incredibly smart, very intuitive, a great thinker. And I looked at my life and I went, I know I didn't get either of those. I can't even draw a stick man and make it look intelligent. And I'm not very smart. And so I, I actually went to my mom one day. She was, I'll never forget this because she was in the kitchen. She was working. And I said to mom, I said, mom, i have kind of been thinking about this. I said, you know, Rick has this amazing gift and I talked about it. and Dave has this amazing gift. I said, I don't see any gift that I have. I said, do you, do you think I have a gift? And I, I will remember this, I hope, all my life because it was a profound moment for me. She, she turned and looked at me. And she paused for quite a while and she said, And I thought, that's it. She can't see anything, you know. There you are. I think she was trying to word it the right way. She said, honey, she said, you have the gift of gab. Now, I was old enough to know that didn't sound like a compliment, all right, or a gift. And I actually, it made me feel like I wanted to cry because I was like, the gift of gab. I talk too much. You're just saying my gift is that I talk too much. And I actually said to her, mom, that's not a gift. That's, a, that's just a, that's a problem. And she looked at me and she said, no, it is not. And I don't ever want you to forget this. God gave you the gift to be able to talk. And if you will give it to him, he will use you. And I'm so glad I asked her and I'm so glad I listened because I've watched God use that gift for decades because she was able to speak in my life. Listen to what others are saying to you. It matters. It matters. This is why, I know I'm beating a drum on this, but this is why tribes are so valuable. I see this happen in my, my tribe, my connect tribe, with bunch of guys we meet on a weekly basis. I see this all the time. They'll see something in another guy and he'll be talking about himself and they'll go, you know what I see? And they'll just describe it. And these things, you've got to listen to, you've got to pay attention to those things because they're so powerful. And third thing is, if you want to know what your gifts are, then take a gifts test. Google it. Gifts test. Google personality test. There's so much of this out there. But actually, TVC has a gifts test that we would, it's free and you'll see at the bottom of the screen, it says, you, you go to our website, tvcweb.com forward slash gift test. And that is a biblically-based gift test that you can take. And this can just be helpful to you. I'm not going to tell you it's, it's the only thing you can do, but this is a very helpful thing. So I encourage you to do that. And then, so don't overcomplicate it. Look at what others are saying and, and seeing and take a gifts test. And then the last thought, and I'll just close with this, is you got you got to major in... Remember what we read? If your gift is serving, then what? Serve. And I think sometimes people get this one all backwards because they go, well, I'm good at that. I don't need to work at that. And so they try to work on the things that seem to be weaknesses. That is a mistake. You work on your gifts. Just what we read. If your gift is serving, serve. If your gift is giving, do it generously. If your gift is leading, lead diligently. In other words, whatever your gifts are, do those things. Because, I'm going to say it again, the most tragic thing I think there is, is when people have been given gifts and they don't acknowledge them and use them. In the economy of God, this seems to be an incredibly important thing. Listen, incredibly important. I was thinking about this and I was thinking back to the first talk I gave in this series. And there was kind of a a heavy moment in it, because I shared, I retold a story that Jesus had told about some servants and their master, and how the master had given each of them some money, and then he had told them to be responsible for it, and then they went away, and they came back. And of course, the, what's analogous is, is that the, Jesus was really talking about God, and the gifts that he gives us, and what we do with them, And so when they came back, the servants came back to the master, the master was incredibly pleased with those who had taken the gifts and used them well. But if you remember the story, you remember that there was extreme displeasure from the master over the one who did not use the gifts he had been given. And so I will say again what I said at the start of this series. Just beware of complacency on this. God has gifted you. He has made you and designed you in a certain way to make a difference in your world. Think big. Do not be complacent. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. This is how we are to live our lives. So now, we're going to take just some time and worship a little bit together. And I think this is a great moment for us to open our hearts up and just say, God, help me. If you feel like you you haven't been engaged with God in terms of using what you've been given, you're saying, I don't even know, then... Then ask him to give you strength and ask him to give you wisdom and you will see God move when you open your heart. So let's pray. You are so good, God. And even if we have not done well with this up to this point, your grace is amazing. And so now you call us and you draw us in. And so we say now in this time and in this place, come Holy Spirit, help us to be who you call us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Thornapple Valley Church Podcast. If you found this message encouraging, we invite you to share it. For more information, visit tvcweb.com.